If you have purchased investment property or plan on purchasing investment property in the next couple of years, this episode is for you. Kyle dives deep into something that's really cool when we talk about depreciation and how you can actually defer a lot of your taxes. Now, that being said, we are not tax professionals. You have to consult with your CPA and all that jazz. There's your legal mumbo jumbo. But if you wanna learn more about how you can save a lot on your taxes based on Kyle's experience utilizing depreciation and something new that's coming back called bonus depreciation, you definitely have to watch this episode. That's on this week's episode of the podcast. So Kyle, we often talk on this podcast about helping real estate agents uh, help get uh, help with their buyers, help with their sellers. One thing I don't think we talk a lot about is how uh, real estate agents can work more with investors, how they can attract investors and how they can be more valuable to investors. I think a lot of times people see uh, investors as someone who will work with anyone. And um, a lot of that, I think, is because I would argue, and please correct me if I'm wrong, oftentimes agents don't offer a ton of value to to a specific investor that they can't get from everyone, right? Yep. Hey, find me off-market deals. And I'll, I'll, I'll work with you. But what I want to talk about today is how we, um, as a real estate agent community, can help investors um, and, and build that relationship and, and give them value that other people aren't and to, to deepen that relationship. For sure. Yeah, this is what I'm super, super passionate about. It's not only for um, working with investors, but just for being the investor ourselves, too. I'm writing off hundreds of thousands of dollars last year, over a million dollars um, in write-offs because of a little thing called depreciation that most real estate agents don't understand. And it's it's actually, it's alarming the fact that most real estate agents don't understand what depreciation is, even more so because of this magical thing called bonus depreciation that we're going to talk about today. My name is Kyle Whistle with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty here in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So if you ever have a question, you want to have us answer it on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, uh, join our referral network for all the outbound referrals we have. Uh, you can... Get on our email newsletter and our private Facebook group. We share a lot of tips and tricks. And if you want to level up on your content creation, learn everything Brian and I have learned over the last nine years of working together uh, via our Media Mayor Mastermind course. All of that is on thewhistleway.com. So Kyle, first let's talk about, you mentioned a lot of agents don't fully understand depreciation. A lot of them have never even heard the term before, which is terrifying. Like <laughs> if you have you actually asked 100 real estate agents... I would venture to guess at least half of them could not tell you what depreciation is. Okay, so let's. Uh, why don't you break it down for us? <laughs> yeah. So there's. I'm gonna go three levels on this. I'm gonna talk about the traditional method, the innovative method, and the like super gangster method uh, that you guys all really, really need to know. So the is that is that. Now, I, when I Google that, do I Google super gangster depreciation? You know your urban dictionary. You don't Google this shit. So here's the deal. Um, if somehow, someday, somebody determined that the economic useful life of a residential property is 27 and a half years. How they determine it, I don't know, nor do I care. The rule's the rule. 
Uh, you tell me the rules of the game, and I will play the game to the uh, the fullest potential. So they determined that the economic useful life of a property is 27 and a half years. What they're allowing you to do is take the value of the property, now not the land, the property itself, the actual real property. Um, so let's just say you're here in California, your land value tends to be a lot higher on a percentage basis. If you're in the Midwest, your land value tends to be a lot lower. So it's going to vary from area to area, but most of the country, the land value is about 20% of the total uh, value of a, of a property. Is that, so what is it here in San Diego? Probably 40. Okay. I would guess if cool. not more. Uh, depending on the area of coastal, of more inland, right? So, uh, but nationwide, it's about 20% is probably a, a rough average. So let's just assume it was a million dollar property. Typically about 20% of that is land value. The rest is the, the real property value. So, um, so in that scenario, you take the $800,000 of that property is worth and then divide that by 27 and a half. And you're going to get a straight write off for 27 and a half years, 800 divided by 27 and a half. I don't know exactly what that is. Um, it's like $30,000, something like that. 30. Is it exactly? No, I think it might be 30. Brian's going to do the math for me real quick. 800K. No, way off. $29,090. <laughs> You're off by... <laughs> What's wrong with you? So it's about $30,000 in that scenario, okay? Um, so you're going to get a $30,000 write-off, 29000 whatever, in change, write-off, every year for the next 27 and a half years. That's going to cancel out 29000 in change worth of income. So... That's pretty amazing, right? Now figure out what your tax bracket is and what state you're in. Like you're talking, you're paying even on the low end, like 20%. On the high end, you're paying like 50%. So let's say you're on the high end, $30,000 write-off and you're on the high end, you're potentially paying $15,000 less in taxes because you had a $15,000, uh, or I'm sorry, $30,000 write-off. Like that's pretty freaking powerful. Yeah. And the the beauty of it is it doesn't matter how much money you put down on the house. You could have put zero down. You could have right now investment property traditionally putting like 20 to 25% down, but that's traditionally there's this massive trend for creative financing right now, or maybe you do a seller financing deal. Maybe you do a subject to deal. Maybe you do an assumption. There's all these creative ways to finance property that potentially you're buying a property with no money down. And now you're going to get this write off every single year for 27 and a half years. And then if you do commercial property, it's 39 years. Um, so somehow they determine commercial properties more useful life than residential property. Um, so 27 and a half years, which is pretty cool. So that's straight line depreciation. Then they came out with something called cost segregation. Um, so segregation is like the term means they segregate things into um, different buckets, typically for um, residential property, they put it into uh, four buckets total. They segregate out things that have an economic useful life of five years, 15 years, 27 and a half years, and then land. They break it in those four buckets. So what falls in the like five-year bucket? They're going to look at literally like the carpets, the walls, the, like they're looking at every component, right? They segregate out every component of the building. Carpets, probably a five-year type thing, right? Um, whereas a roof is probably like a 15-year thing. Uh, where the framing of the house is a 27 and a half year thing, right? So they're going to take every little component of the house and they're going to put it in one of those four buckets, five year, 15 year, 27 and a half year land. So they break it all out. And now each one has its own schedule. So instead of 800 divided by 27 and a half, 
you're actually going to push a lot of it forward. Some of it you're going to push forward and do it all over five years instead of 27 and a half. Some of it's going to be over 15 years, and then some of it's going to be 27 and a half years. So you can front load more of that depreciation in the first, uh, very heavy in the first five years and, and more heavy in the first 15, and then it'll be lighter um, for the last 12 and a half years of it. So this allows you to front load and get more depreciation up front less depreciation on the back end. But the reality of it is a lot of people don't own these things forever. They own them for five or 10 years and they sell them and move on to the next property and the next property. So um, cost segregation breaks down, it segregates all the components of the property, puts them into those four buckets, um, and then you get to accelerate some of that um, and move it forward. Quick question. So yeah. just give me a, a guesstimate of how much in a percentage wise is in that five-year bucket? Ooh. Because we said the I don't land know, is but about... I know in the that both the five and fifteen year bucket is about twenty to thirty percent. Okay. And so and the land we already said it is nationwide about 20%. is about twenty percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the other fifty percent is fifty to sixty percent is in that twenty seven and a half. Yeah. So okay, cool. Yep. So that's cost segregation. And then here's the super gangster one. Super gangster. Yeah, super gangster. Um so there's this thing called bonus depreciation. In 2022, bonus depreciation was 100%. What that allowed you to do is anything that was in the five-year or the 15-year category, now instead of breaking that up over five years and 15 years, you get it all in year one, which is super gangster. Um, because so that's, again, 20 to 30%. 20% of the property value all in year one. So at an $800,000 property, that's like $150,000, $250,000 in year one of write-off. So instead of thirty thousand dollars for you know twenty seven and a half years, you're potentially looking at two hundred plus thousand dollars in year one, which is super gangster. Um, this is a great way to save a ton of money on taxes. So in twenty twenty two, it was a hundred percent of whatever was in the five and fifteen year buckets you got to do in year one. Last year that dropped to eighty percent. This year sixty percent. Next year twenty five forty percent. And then in 26, going down to 20%. Well, there's a um, bill that's already passed through um, the House. It's got bipartisan support. It's going to the Senate. Then the president will sign it. All indications are this thing's going to get passed. Um, and they, they combined a lot of stuff into one. The biggest thing they did is there, there was this employee retention tax credit thing that was getting abused. And they pretty much just shut it down. And so they had all this money earmarked for this credit, but they realized people were abusing this credit. So they said, screw this, we're gonna stop this credit. But they had money earmarked to give out for that credit. And they decided instead of giving money away for that credit, let's do some other things. So there's some like uh, increase in the child credit, research and development, some other credits. But a part of the things that they're uh, making better is they're bringing bonus depreciation back. So for 2023, what was 80%, that's gonna go back to 100. 24, what's supposed to be 60%, that's gonna to go to 100. And for 25, what was supposed to be 40%, that's gonna to go to 100. So it's gonna go back a year, current year, and forward a year, all back to 100% bonus depreciation. So again, everything that falls in those five and 15 year buckets, assuming this passes the Senate and the President signs it, you'll be able to take 100% of what's in the five and 15 year buckets and write it off in the year you put the property in service. Which then means you're not doing any write-offs on that property until 27 and a half years? 
So oh, no, you're going right. to get, you're going to front load everything that was in those five and 15 year buckets. Yep. And then you had a, th- a third bucket. It was 27 and a half years. It's going to be a very small number. You're still going to get that for the next 26 and a half years. It's just going to be a very small number, right? So we talked, if you j- took the whole value divided by 27 and a half, it was roughly 30 grand. Now you're going to take a good percentage of that into the five and 15 year bucket, only a little bit. Well, not about a little bit. 50%. Still the majority of it's still going to be left over for the 27 and a half year bucket. So you're still going to have a significant write-off there, um, but it's not going to be as big as the straight line because you front-loaded it so heavily. Got it. That makes sense. Now, like you said, you mentioned commercial, you mentioned um, residential. How do we take this information and add value to our investors to where they're like, wow, that's good to know. I want to work with you more. How do, how do we use that yeah. to leverage a relationship? So I think there's there's a couple things. One Again, you should be the investor here. Like, I want you guys to really realize this. Like, you could go buy an investment property today with a minimal down payment. And now you could buy like a four unit property and you could live in one and one of them is going to count toward your primary and the other three are going to count as investment property. So you could depreciate the value of the other three. So let's just say it was you got something that was four two bedroom units, all identical. You live in one and then you rent the other three out. And you could do this with an FHA loan at 3.5%. You could do this with a VA loan at 0%. Okay? You're going to live in the one unit, and like normal primary residence rules are going to apply. But then let's say it was a million dollars. So 750000 is the value for the remainder. Again, they're going to separate out the land and the property. But now you're going to get that write-off, which at the end of the day ends up being overall 20 to 30% of that seven fifty. So we're talking $150,000, $200,000 write-off. So you could potentially go today... Even you as a real estate agent, FHA, VA, go buy something for three and a half percent down or zero. And let's just run that scenario, a million dollars, four units, and get yourself with three and a half percent down, potentially get yourself like a $200,000 tax write off this year and own a freaking property. And then in addition to that, the piece, the, you know, one fourth of it, because you live in one fourth of the property, when you sell it, you're going to be able to keep the gain on that one fourth because it's primary residence. And then the remainder is investment and you just 1031 that and roll it into another property and defer your taxes completely. Like it's insane. So not only can you house hack, you can also basically run a, a, a workshop doing exactly what you just said and teaching people how to do this. This is great to, to generate buyers but all, that are thinking about investing. And then they go, hey, this, this is not the right for me. I don't want to be a landlord. I don't want to do that. Well, cool. Now you have someone who can afford to buy. Um, and you transition them into a traditional buyer. Yeah. When so, does it not make sense to get this? So if you make, let's say you work at McDonald's, you're making $30,000 a year. I don't know how much you make at McDonald's. 15000 a year? Well, here in California, it's like $20 an hour at McDonald's yeah. now. Um, you don't need a $200,000 write-off, right? That doesn't, that's not... That's way more than you can actually utilize, right? Well, what you could do, though, if... like, So one thing to be clear on here is... You have to be a real estate professional to take full advantage of this. So we are all real estate professionals. There's, you can look up the definition of it. It's, it's about how many hours you work and materially participate. There's, there's some definitions of real estate professional status or reps as they call it. So make sure you understand that. Talk to your CPA. Hey, can I qualify for real estate professional status? That's important. Do you have to um, be licensed? You do not. Okay. No. So you could just be a straight up investor. Uh, makes it a lot easier if you're licensed, easier to justify it and whatnot. Um, so... Wait, because you're a real estate professional, you can count it and offset ordinary income if and only if you're a real estate professional status. 
Okay. So let's assume this property brings in like a hundred thousand dollars of rent. You, after you write all the other stuff off, there's like $25,000 like net income at the end of the day. Well, if you had a $200,000 depreciation write-off as a real estate professional, you can cancel that remaining 25,000 of net income and have 175 on top of that, that offsets ordinary income. If, and only if you're a real estate professional. If you were not a real estate professional, you could only cancel the 25 out and now you would carry over the, the remainder to the next year and, and keep carrying it over to offset the income. Um, so you're still going to get it all. It's just, you can't offset ordinary income. You can only offset passive income. Um, but as a real estate professional, you can not only cancel out all the income off that property, you can also cancel out your ordinary income. Huge deal. There's one in, in one loophole only, which this is something you could probably talk about with people is they call it the short-term rental loophole. So the only scenario where a non-real estate professional can do this and go uh, below zero or count it against their ordinary income is if the investment property is a short-term rental with an average stay of seven days or less. So if you did a short-term rental, then you could actually do this. So your McDonald's employee could do this and cancel out income or, you know, whatever, somebody who's a doctor could do it, right? Because a doctor is not going to earn real estate professional status. So they're not typically going to be able to go below zero and then count it towards um, ordinary income. But if a doctor does a short-term rental, let's say they get a, a beach house in Hawaii as a short-term rental, then they could do it. So if what I was talking about earlier, doing this buyer seminar, talking about it, it still makes sense, but they just can't count it against ordinary income. Unless it's a short-term rental sure. or they can qualify for real estate professional status. Now, and you got to talk to your CPA about that. I get that. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to try to go deep in the definition of it. it there's, we're going deep enough plenty here. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, you said you can carry it over year after year after year. Is there a certain number of years that you can carry it over until it expires or... I'm sure there is. I don't know that answer off the top of my head, so I don't want to answer it incorrectly. I think I think I've heard the reason why I know that there's a limit on some things is I well, the reason I think I know. I was talking to someone about solar and I think you can carry that over for up to seven years five or seven years. So I was curious if this this one had a a date as well. Um yeah. I'm not hundred percent, so I'm not gonna okay. guess cool. or read one quick article and answer. <laughs> Uh, so we have straight line depreciation, cost segregation, depreciation, bonus depreciation. Yes. Is there, it's obviously you're very excited about bonus depreciation. Yes. Is there ever a situation where straight line depreciation is better than bonus depreciation? Um, I don't know. I'm sure somebody's going to find some way, but off the top of my head, I don't, okay. I don't see a logical way. Um, and let, let's run with this too, right? Like, we just, I got a Tesla Cybertruck recently. Um, you, did, you did? I haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you better believe I'm going to ride this motherfucker <laughs> as long as it lasts. So there's another thing called Section 179 in the IRS code. It says if you get it, there's certain vehicles that qualify, but one of those is if it's a, a truck over 6,000 pounds, six-foot bed, all, there's all these criteria, and you use it at least 51% for work, uh, which for me... Odds are the Cybertruck's going to be used 100% for work. So um, you could take the entire value of that asset under Section 179 combined with bonus depreciation and write the entire thing off up front. Like $100,000 plus right off up front, regardless of how much money you put down on the vehicle. You could put $0 down on the vehicle and take $100,000 right off like that. 
So bonus depreciation. Because of bonus depreciation. It also applies to airplanes. You could buy a plane. Thank I was waiting for this to happen yes. so I could buy my airplane. Yes. If you're listening and you're like, when is it time to buy my airplane? It's once this passes. Next ne- two that, years, buy that's, a plane. That's the official notice. <laughs> I'm on the clock now. I've been wanting a plane for a long time. So I got, a, like, what is it, 23 months right now to, to get it together. But yeah, as yeah, long 20, as you buy 24 it. 24 and 25, right? right. We're in... We're a month and a half into 24 right now. So you have... Oh, 24. That's right. 10 and a half I forgot months. it was 24. <laughs> yeah, 10 and a half months plus 12. So you got 32 and a half months. And so like, so, like you said, it goes back a year. So anything that you... Retroactive to last year too. So if you bought a property last year and it was an investment property, you can go back to the cost seg on it. And then you could bonus depreciate 100% of whatever was in the five and 15 year buckets. So I think that's an important note that I think we glazed over. You said you have to do the cost seg on it. This is a uh, a process that you go through. You hire someone, you pay them a couple grand. Uh, it depends on the property, whether or not they can do it like a desktop version or they need to physically come out to the property. So there's some variables um, on the low end, like... Three grand, maybe. Okay. It's a few thousand dollars on the low end. It could get more expensive. Like on this property that we're in now, which my office building, guess what? We did a cost seg on this office building too. Um, that one, they had to physically come to the office, put eyes on it and all that. And so, I, I mean, there's there's never like a top end, but average between three and 10 grand-ish? Or it's is probably it... pretty safe. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, if you guys need a contact to do a cost seg for you, um, DM me on Instagram at Kyle Whistle, and I'll send you over my contact for that. Cool. I'll get you dialed in. So I guess the last thing, just what's the opportunity is you got to put this out there to people. Like you got to let them know this opportunity. Like, hey, do you want some fat write-offs? Like I can help. Um, so especially for your the people that you know are active real estate investors, um, let them know because they might not know this bonus depreciation is back. And if they know it is, now they have this same window, right? You have until you have to close and put the property in service by the end of 2025 and they can take advantage of this. So I believe that a lot of investors are going to cram in more purchases in the next, you know, let's just call it the next two years. So we don't have to go to 22 and a half months, uh, in 2024 and 2025 real, there's going to be a, a increase in real estate investment because of this hundred percent bonus depreciation. Cause remember at the end of 25, it's going to go from hundred percent down to 20. So we still have the same 20% reduction every year. It's just now artificially inflated for this, these uh, three years. And then it's going to go back on the original schedule and drop down to 20%. So if you closed on something on December 31st, 2025, put it in service versus January 1st, 2026, that 80% of what fits in those buckets is not going to be able to get written off in year one. That's it massive difference so i think you can use this to encourage your investors to buy more while this window lasts and then additionally make sure you understand the short-term loophole that's that's available to everybody not just your investors so maybe you create some content around the fact that if if you have a client who's been thinking about getting a short-term rental and they need some write-offs like boom you just taught them how to save a ton of freaking money on taxes now 
we talk about saving money on taxes and that's always goofy. Is this one of those things that we have to add a disclaimer? We're not your CPA, talk to your accountant, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, right, I'm just sharing my knowledge on this stuff. So talk to your financial advisor, your CPA, like confirm everything we're telling you, all that fun stuff. But um, I can tell you that I had enough losses in 22 uh, to carry like a million dollars in losses over into 23. Um, this office was a big part of that, right? This was a, a seven figure write off because of cost segregation. So this office that we are in seven figures worth of write off because of the office that we sit in today. So this is how the uber wealthy minimize their taxes is by using depreciation for things like real estate. Now, when you reach out to your investors, so when you reach out to someone who's thinking about buying a unit and living, living in one and renting out the other three, they probably don't know this. Very likely. When you talk to your investors that they do this for a living. I think the, some of them will understand, but I, I bet you there's a ton of people that own investment property that are not aware of even a cost segregation, let alone bonus depreciation. Most people are just doing the straight line 27 and a half year deal. Now you could retroact this too. If you bought something in 22 or 23, like you could go back and still do this. So does it make any sense as a, as a strategy to look at homes that were bought in 2023 that were bought by investors that aren't short-term rentals and hit up those investors and say, hey, did you know you can do this? Is, is, there, is there an upside to that for you of like, I think the upside would be that like, wow, my realtor didn't tell me that. And this other guy is like, Kyle's going to be my guy moving forward, potentially. Okay. Now, if I was a cost seg company, like I'd be marketing to those people, especially like now that it's retroactive to 23, like going back to all those people, because some people might've been like, ah, it's, it's not, you know, it's going away. So maybe they didn't do it, but I think there's a strategy there for sure. Cool. Yeah, you guys have to understand this. This is a big fucking deal. Like, this is how I cancel out the majority of my income legally by just using the rules, right? The government makes these rules. You just play by the rules, but you play it to the, the fullest extent and you can eliminate a significant amount of your taxes that you're currently paying while building a real estate portfolio at the same time. Where can someone learn more information about this? So like, that's cool. You gave me 25 minutes of, of information. I want... I want to understand everything. Yeah, the person I follow the most for this stuff is Mark J. Kohler, M-A-R-K-J-K-O-H-L-E-R. He's who I follow pretty heavily for tax-related stuff. Um, so that that's my main guy. So he's talking about, there's tons of other people out there that you can follow, but he's been my go-to source who's very aggressive. Um, and he's like a, a CPA and financial, all that stuff, like, you could hire him if you want. I actually interviewed with his firm to talk about working with him. I wasn't super impressed, but his content is great. Because, <laughs> um, you know, he's like other things like, right, if you call, you're not working with Mark directly or working with one of his people. I think we just happened to get a person who wasn't great that day, didn't know how to pitch. Um, so that, that's the scenario. But I, I love the people that I work with. Um, and you should have, like, you guys got to realize this too. If you have a CPA and a financial advisor and they're not, and you own investment property and they haven't told you about this, like you probably need new people. Like if you own investment property and they've never once mentioned to you a cost seg at a minimum, ideally bonus depreciation, if they're not mentioning this to you, if I'm the first person telling you about this, you probably have the wrong people. Fair. Save that clip. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
You good? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. If you did, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, let us know. If you have some questions, throw them in the comment section. Brian and I will personally respond to all of those. If you want more of our content on YouTube, hit the um, subscribe button and a little notification bell. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, if you could hook us up with a review, those mean the world to us. And then obviously hit that subscribe button so you get notified whenever we drop new podcast content. And before we wrap, Brian, one of the things we like to do is share something we refer to as the whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. I think you're going to make fun of me for this one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know what, though? I, I like it a lot. So I utilize batteries in my life every day, especially when I was doing a lot more photography. I was utilizing batteries in my flashes. Um, as real estate professionals, I'm sure you utilize double A's, triple A's, um, and things like, I don't think lock boxes have them anymore, but like you're measuring tape and all that sort of stuff. And so, uh, I have gotten away from these, but then I realized, uh, not all batteries are created equal. Uh, I remember this as I'm replacing batteries in my kids' toys every other day. Um, and they're all screwed in there. So I've got to get the screwdriver and do this whole thing. Um, so recently I remembered, uh, there are batteries, they're lithium batteries, um, they're lithium AA batteries and there's, right, there's the alkaline batteries, there's rechargeable batteries, but the lithium batteries, what are great about them is they're super long lasting. Um, I would use these in my flash and my camera and they would last three, four, five times longer than my AA batteries. And so I love having these batteries, especially in something that you're going to use every day, um, like I said, your little laser pointer, measuring tape, um, or anything that you're using that it would really suck if you're out in the field and the batteries die. I use the energy ones. You can tell that they're the lithium batteries. They're all silver and they're a lot lighter. I don't know why, but they are. Um, but that's my widget is the lithium AA batteries. <laughs> Kyle hates it. I, you know what? I don't care. I use them. I bought them. I like them. Sorry. Way to add a lot of value. Um. They're great batteries. I believe you. Especially for like my kid's nightlight that goes out every like four nights and they freak out and like, I need new bed. You got to get one that plugs in the wall, dude. They don't, they don't like that one. <laughs> All right. Mine is, this is just a little subtle uh, feature update that Facebook made recently that this is I so dumb. Um, appreciate. <laughs> um, so one of the things there's a lot of times you're, you're running and gunning, you're busy, but you see like a post um, in a, you know, a Facebook group or something like that. Um, and you're like, oh, I want to like, I want to find out what people have to say about that. So there used to be something that was like, follow this post or get notified, something like that. They've added something to it. So there's, there's actually two versions of this now. So if you see a post that you like, you can hit the three little dots up in the top right hand corner. And then there's, you're going to go to get notified about this post. And there's now two options in there. There never used to be two. One option is to get notified when anytime there's a comment on a post. So there's been many times I've seen something in a group and I'm like, I don't have a response to this, but I want to see what other people have to say. So that's where I would get, use the get notified. Then in addition to that, there's a set a reminder about this post. So that I would use in a scenario where there's a post in a group and I want to say something, but I just don't have the time to say it in the moment. And I want to come back to it. Maybe I want to think through my response. Maybe I'm a 49ers fan and I'm pissed off and I want to say something to a chiefs fan, but maybe I don't want to say it when I'm heated in the moment. Uh, I want to come back to it later. Like you hit the, like, uh, remind me later. And then you could tell it when you want it to remind you so you can come back to it and craft a post. So just a subtle little change that Facebook made not too long ago that I've actually found uh, to be really valuable, right? And we, back in the day, people used to type like 
parked or put a period or following. Like you don't have to do any of that. Like just hit, get notified about this post. You'll get notified about the post without having to put a stupid comment in there. Basically, when you do that, you're just telling people you're techno, uh, technologically illiterate. Um, but you're also helping people out. If, you, if you're adding comments to their posts, you're helping their the I algorithm. I don't know if the, a period helps. I don't know if Facebook's like, yeah, that's great content. Somebody <laughs> commented period on it. Like, so using both the get notified and scheduled to um, later. I love both of those features in Facebook. Cool, guys. Well, again, hopefully we added a lot of value for you this week. Um, I'm Kyle Whistle with Whistle Realty Group and EXP Realty in San Diego. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next week.